This is a National Arts Center podcast. Find more great NAC podcasts on the performing arts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Center on iTunes and subscribe for free. And welcome to this episode of the National Arts Center NACOcast series. My name is Sean Rice, and I am the second clarinetist with the National Arts Center Orchestra. So, when you think of the soloist for a concerto, what kinds of instruments come to mind? A piano? Violin? How about a double bass? That's right, a double bass. On November 16th and 17th, our audiences will have the pleasure of hearing our principal double bassist, Joel Quarrington, premiere a new work written by Peter Paul Kropowski, entitled Concertant for Double Bass, Strings, and Percussion. We are fortunate that Joel could join us today to talk about this upcoming event. Welcome, Joel. Thanks very much. So, let's talk about you a little bit first. Me? Absolutely. (laughs) You have an incredible career not only as an orchestra musician, but also as a soloist, a chamber musician, and a recording artist. How did your journey in music first start, can we ask? Um, Well, I I am from a very musical family, um, going back generations. Mm -hmm. Like, my my great-grandfather was... And his sons, my great uncles, they were all the some of the earliest musicians in the city of Toronto. Really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, you never heard of the Quarrington Quintet? See, I'm from Newfoundland. You know, oh. I was pretty isolated for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto was this place we heard of, but I didn't really go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. You, you've so got a good excuse. <laughs> No, so and in fact, my initial interest in music was was not classical at all, but mm-hmm. it was like to play with my brothers, and we were doing, 
you know, we were doing folk music and we okay. were playing like guitar and banjo and what kind of folk music? Like bluegrass. Okay. See, my oldest brother Tony, he had it in. You know, he was he was part of that hippie folk music crowd, okay. and, and you know the the Seekers and Peter Paul and Mary, and he had this mm-hmm. idea that we could do all this stuff and sing in close harmony. Okay. So and accompany ourselves. And so you sang as well as played. Oh yeah, of course. Nice. Yeah, okay. I, did. I couldn't read couldn't read music, but I could play lots really? of instruments by ear. Yeah. So how how young were you when you started doing this? Well, I guess. Well, it's my. I'll tell you my favorite story. We were, mm-hmm. we were playing. This is why I became a musician. We were, we were. Uh, my brother, my brother Tony had asked, like for Christmas, he wanted a banjo, mm-hmm. and um, he had already started to teach me and my other brother Paul, like playing guitar and you know some simple songs, okay, and stuff. But at any rate, you know, I I guess I was seven. And, at, and you know, I I don't have any consciousness. I don't really remember anything before <laughs> the age of eight. Um, but I remember just before Christmas, my father taking um, me to my grandfather's apartment. And I don't know what was going on. I didn't care. I was just mm-hmm. sitting there, standing there. Mm-hmm. My grandfather reached into a closet and pulled out a banjo. Okay. And then he... Like put the banjo on his lap and he started all this finger incredible finger work and I remember I I don't think I've I was ever as excited in my life as as when my grandfather's making his fingers okay. go nuts on the banjo and I so mean the facility I, of it all attracted well, you to it yeah, yeah all this you know yeah, who knew what was going on and okay. and just hearing that poignant sound like yeah, yeah. and. And it was uh, that was an epiphany, that was an awakening. Like, okay. what is going on? And then, so my, you know, my brother Tony got that banjo, and then we were playing, and then we sounded really, we sounded good. I think nice, like professional. Then on the weekends, he would go to the music department at a high school, and he'd drag home a double bass. Okay, this is your brother Tony. Tony. Okay. So then we'd play the music. And we'd add that boom, 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 boom. So you had a bass line with the banjo. Yeah. Okay. So. But no, well, this is the thing. He was the only one big enough to play the bass. Okay. So we would lose <laughs> the banjo. Ah, okay, okay. So, but the inclusion of the bass, that made us sound so professional, mm-hmm. so good. Okay. So at the earliest opportunity, uh, like when I got to grade seven, so I guess I was 12 then. Okay, yep. Or may, I can't remember. It was some okay. something like that. Uh, and given a chance to pick an instrument, you know, I th- I still had no interest in classical music. But okay. they presented a double bass. I said, "Aha!" You knew this one. I could get that. Yeah. Tony could keep on the banjo. I could play the bass. And even though I was very small at that age, I was you know only like three or three or four feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> something. <laughs> I still chose the bass. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that also the fact that I was so short that had something to choose, you know, some making up for right something. That's amazing. So you didn't actually start on any a violin or cello. No, you went straight to double bass because no. a lot of a lot of double bassists when they learn they they they've often started on a smaller instrument that's a string instrument like a cello, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they get and then the special ed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well. 
<laughs> you went. We went from from observing the instrument to just wa- wanting it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. And so, what kind of st- you, were, you were doing folk music then? Bluegrass. Bluegrass. Folk yep. music. Yep. Close harmony still. Still without any ability to read music. Uh, no, I could read music okay. at that point because I had gone on to study piano. Okay. So I could. Yeah, I could. But uh, I could. And you know, I was also very much in with uh, you know. Jimi Hendrix and the okay. Cream and stuff. And Excellent. So I had started a whole electric side, but I could play, I really could play a lot by ear. I could play jazz mm-hmm. already, and I was, uh, my brother Tony had really gotten into jazz mm-hmm. as well, and so we were doing all, all that stuff. That's and classical was still very much on them. The only thing I knew about classical music was what I saw in the Ed Sullivan show. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Not a popular <laughs> reference <laughs> for classical music. I love it. Um, so then, obviously, this evolved for you because the classical world became very, very prominent for you yeah. at, cer- at some point. When did this happen? Uh, when I was 13. Okay, so one year later. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, All I got, happened in one year. <laughs> it, it did happen pretty fa- fast. I got mm-hmm. sent to this um, Ontario music summer music camp. Mm-hmm something it was a very good place i think it still exists in manitowabing okay like up near perry sound okay um but the uh you know the our conductor of our orchestra at that camp that was really the first real orchestra i mm-hmm. played in and he was the he was the associate conductor of the uh philadelphia orchestra yeah what yeah no way yeah that's a big deal. I know that, and the faculty was unbelievable at that music camp. Okay. At any rate, I just I just remember so players that, from from professional orchestras. I'm assuming that's where I met uh, who became my teacher, Thomas Monahan, okay. who's principal bass of the Toronto Symphony, mm-hmm. and um, I think you know what the the cellist was Don Witten, who was the first no principal way. cello of the NAC of orchestra. The orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah and, I mean, it was incredible uh, faculty, but I just. The epiphany there was, there I was in that orchestra, and, and I thought we were playing Brahms second, mm-hmm. first movement, <laughs> and nothing, to my ears, nothing had ever sounded as good. Mm. And in, I think, the bar before the recap, you know where the horn goes to the seventh? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, said, I said, right then, I said, mm, that's it. This is what I'm doing. You're hooked. This is what I'm doing the rest of my life. Nice. Yeah. That's great. So, just so like you can that. remember that moment, too. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, after that, not much. But <laughs> well, you, you obviously went to. I mean, I mean, assuming you did formal training at a music school. Did you go? No, to, absolutely you, not. Not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, bit. some people don't. You never know. <laughs> if you can call it training, sure. Sure. <laughs> but uh, you went to U of T. Yep. Okay. And then after that, the first well, then I went. To, I did. I did something. I went to Italy then. Oh wow! And okay. I studied privately in Italy, and then I went to Vienna. And I actually enrolled in the Hochschule. Really? There. In oh, Vienna? Yeah, yeah. Wow. What was that like? Oh, it was great. My uh, my teacher had been the principal bass of the Vienna Philharmonic. I was assuming so, yeah, yeah. And he had actually played tours and things with Richard Strauss conducting. Oh, my God. And I said I said to him one Kidding. day, I said, you played with, with Richard Strauss? Yeah. yeah said, it seems like it's no big deal to him. What was that like? <laughs> he said, ah, Ricardo. Such a such a card shark. 
<laughs> apparently, apparently, all he'd like to do is play cards. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It shatters so many uh, perceptions of Richard Strauss. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then, after your formal training, your first gig, real gig, as a as a classical double bassist. Well, I consider it to be the Chamber Players of Toronto. It was, okay. a, it was a string orchestra mm-hmm. run by Victor Martin, the violin, who he was teaching at U of T at that time. But then he went back to Madrid, and he be, was a concertmaster of the Spanish National Orchestra. Okay. Wow! And that was um, that was a great gig for me because I I had learned this Botticini Grand Duo, mm-hmm. this violin and bass thing. Okay. This carnival piece okay showstopper (laughs) and after a while it was like in that group that was like the our big piece so it was the the calling card piece yeah and like at the end of the concert and like whenever we'd go uh, concert out of town we'd do it okay so i think in that group you know i must have played it like a hundred (laughs) times and i you know you really get to know a tune and this is this is a this piece is a soloistic piece, obviously. Yeah, yeah really. Featuring the violin and double bass. Yeah. Okay. So, was this one of your first instances in doing a lot of concerto work? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Yeah. It was great. That's the best experience, isn't it? Yeah. Getting some experience. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping to get some experience in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, um, as an as an orchestra musician, though, you've held some serious posts. Including not only this orchestra but the TSO, right? Toronto and, Symphony yeah. and, and London Symphony. London Symphony, London, England. London, England, the LSO, <laughs> yes. And 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 this was very recent when when Gergev, yeah. as Gergev is conductor there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How what was that like? I didn't, I didn't. You know, Gergev doesn't give you a lot to go on. Okay. Besides rehearsals, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got such a. I, when it works, mm-hmm. the orchestra is like playing itself and it, it playing sure, by yeah. the seat of its pants. So mm-hmm. it's thrilling. Mm-hmm. It's always thrilling. It's too thrilling for me. Okay. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like a little more... Little roadmaps? A little, few, yeah. roadma- few roadmaps, I mean. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, you know, as a leader of a section that is an ensemble instrument mm-hmm. and I got to have everyone together. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. I'm sure. Like... The most difficult thing, the 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 WC piece, the um, what I call the afternoon at the farm, the <laughs> l'après-midi d'une fond, you know, it ends with these two pianissimo pizzicati, mm-hmm. you know, yep. blunk, blunk. And you'd think that that would be pretty easy, but that would be the most excruciating thing to play because, you know... You've heard of orchestras like playing late and behind mm-hmm. the beat. They got nothing on this. This one you could <laughs> you could run out and make a ham sandwich after and come back thing. and still be in time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was just a, a nightmare. Okay. And we would take it on tour, and it was ah. Okay. Excruciating. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Real insight. <laughs> What do you worry about in the piece? For me, it's, it, in most cases, there's this moment in, in, in the middle of a symphony where I'm like, okay, that's the one i got to worry about the most. And once that moment is over, the anxiety lessens. The end of the piece is usually, okay, just no. make sure the third is in the right place, Sean. It but, all builds up <laughs> to you, though. excruciating <laughs> boink boinks. Wow. Well, we're, we're certainly glad that you're back here. Thank and, you. With, with, with NACO. And um, so you're going to be featured with this, this new work by Peter Paul Kropowski. Yes. What's it like? 
oh, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy his music. He writes uh, really, really dark, moody mm-hmm. music. And it, in fact, um, you know, when he was announced as one of the like featured commissioned mm-hmm. composers, I went to him right away. I said, oh, you should write a double bass concerto. And in fact, done. I think I said, I said, oh, I think the management really wants you to write a bass concerto. <laughs> then I went to the management and, and said, <laughs> said, he really wants to write me a bass concerto. And so in the ensuing confusion, it ended, it ended up, up happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, did you know him from Toronto previously? I knew him from like 30 years ago. Okay. At the, uh, we used to go to this a summer music festival in Courtney, British Columbia. Okay. Comox, what was it called? Comox something. Okay. Um, Courtney Youth Music, it had a funny name. Okay. Um, but it was a great, uh, huge festival that we mm-hmm. did there. And uh, one year it featured his compositions and uh, um, had a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um Playing those, so I knew him from then, and then over the years, I've I've actually been in many performances of his music and some premieres. And he wrote this string orchestra piece called "Ancestral Voices," okay, um, which I th- I think we premiered it for the Guelph Spring Festival, okay, in the '90s. But I actually cannot remember which group it was I did that with. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> it happened uh, though. <laughs> it might have been the uh, Amadeus Ensemble or something. Okay. I can't remember, but it was such a good piece. Okay. And very dark and moody and melodic and, mm-hmm. I mean, just very passionate and just sort of seething with uh, mm-hmm. emotion. And, and, and you know, it, he's really, he was connecting with uh, his Polish roots mm-hmm. and his family. I think maybe there might have been a... Uh, like a recent death in his family oh, okay. or something. I mean, it was a very moving thing. At any rate, finally, when I sorted out all of this uh, misdirection about the bass concerto between everyone right. concerned, <laughs> and he said, well, what sort of piece do you want? And I said, well, just make it just like ancestral voices, just okay. like that. But he's, he's added percussion out of this one. Right? Yeah, I don't know why he did that. <laughs> <laughs> he's worried they can't keep a beat or something. <laughs> so... Um, you you mentioned the, the the quality of his music, the the darkness of it, the 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 seething emotion. Uh, with this particular piece, is it is it a one movement work? Is it multi movement? It is a one movement work. Okay. It's 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 relative. I mean, it's short. It's a fifteen minute work, mm-hmm. and actually, it feels to me like it's just the first movement of a concerto. There could oh, be wow. more, there could okay. be more. All right. I mean, it it's it's it is episodic, but it all comes back to referring to this lullaby okay i don't know what the lullaby is okay but you know i can understand a mm-hmm. lullaby it's yep. and and that's the basic theme that he's okay and i assume it's i assume it's a polish lullaby mm-hmm. I didn't i didn't ask so this <laughs> this uh this theme and the, and the episodic nature of this piece does it involve uh, sorry does it unfold slowly is it is it is there is it start with a bang or can we expect these to unravel naturally and kind no, of it's slow we're not really sure what's it's happening slow yet. and creeping excellent yes <laughs> and it and it's like very, that stuff <laughs> very low and murky and awesome seething and then <laughs> oh great and then the drums come in you know <laughs> yeah drum solo <laughs> i really hope those guys hold it down <laughs> um 
Let's talk about uh, other work you're doing. You do a lot of recording. Have been, yeah. Yeah, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but you often record. One recording I saw was was of cello works, right on the double bass. Is that correct? Uh, yes, uh, that can happen. Can Sometimes some violin, uh, some violin, uh, some violin stuff. Okay. I hasten to point out, though, okay, that I don't do this stuff for stunt value. Okay, I don't or shock assume, value. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, I really try and do it to honor the music mm -hmm. and, and hopefully in a different in a different way by uh well it, for sure different I mean, mm -hmm. it's on the bass it's like four octaves too low <laughs> it's much it's really yeah. different i mean and the pianos yeah. do you reorchestrate the piano parts in some of these sonatas and pieces or do you does well, there, is there tinkering with that no no i don't okay i i don't tinker with that but we um well okay Technically, a little bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the last two discs that I've made, CDs, mm -hmm. um, have done very well, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people don't know that. Like Some in, Juno nominations, I, right? Well, uh, I won. You won. Okay. Well, congratulations. In 2010, I won a Juno. Nice. Best classical recording. And I beat, beat James Ennis. <laughs> I sent him an email right away. I said, "I hope your career will recover from the setback." And for those I of you don't, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, James Ennis is a very, very famous, prominent Canadian violinist <laughs> who's often soloed here at the at the National Art Center as well. So you sent him an email. Yeah, I think, and, he, and wishing think him luck he, afterwards. He's got like yeah, <laughs> he's already got like ten Juno. He's got a Grammy. <laughs> he's got a Grammy. Oh, okay. Yeah, next on the list, right? <laughs> at any rate, I felt uh, you know. It, it, it was, that was in Newfoundland, actually, that that happened. Right. I remember two, that. 2010, I walked the red carpet. I was terrified of the red carpet. And they said, I don't want to walk down that thing. <laughs> and they said, no, you gotta, you got to enter the arena mm -hmm. uh, with the red carpet. And so I sort of crept along the sideline. And then all of a sudden, there was all this cheering. Okay. And it, very close by. Okay. And, I, and all the attention was riveted over to this little boy like walking oh, no. nearby oh no and so <laughs> it was great because i could walk unimpeded into the <laughs> arena everyone ignored me perfect and i said who is that they said oh that's his name is justin bieber <laughs> thanks you shared justin. the red you shared the red carpet with justin bieber yeah but i never heard of him so <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> um Actually, I, I have a funny story for me. My very first experience with this orchestra was my trial after the edition, and the very first piece I played was the Rota concerto or concertal that you played that that week. Really? Yeah, that was my that was my baptism by fire week. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I hadn't played thanks. many double. I hadn't played any many pieces that featured a double bass yet in an orchestra. I hadn't played much orchestra yet at that point. But anyway, it's uh, it's been great having you here today. Thanks. Yeah, thanks Are so we much. Done? For, yeah, we're done. <laughs> thanks for taking the time to do this. Well, my pleasure. So on November 16th and 17th, you can hear Joel Corrington perform Peter Paul Kropowski's Concertant for Double Bass, Strings and Percussion live at the National Arts Center. See you there.
This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NEC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre. Thank you.